Iowa everywhere. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Iowa Everywhere. And now it's time for Two Guys Named Chris. Powered by Fairway Meat and Grocery. This is Iowa Everywhere for the fans. What's up, guys? Welcome to Two Guys Named Chris. We are obviously not live on a Monday morning like you all are used to. In fact, we're not live at all. We're just recording this thing, and then you guys can watch it back and obviously listen to it on the podcast, posting it a day early here on a Sunday. Reason being, Chris Hassel is on his way to the Super Bowl for CBS Sports HQ. We will talk about that. Um, I also want to... We have promoted that we were going to do the giveaway for the circuit trip on Mondays, two guys named Chris. Well, obviously, we're not doing a Monday, two guys named Chris. So I will do that at some point early this week, and we'll let you all know when that drawing is going to happen. You still have time if you want to go to iowaeverywhere.com, and you can fill out that super easy form to win $300 from our friends at Fairway. And also a trip for two to Las Vegas to the greatest sports book on the planet at Circa, uh, right there in the heart of downtown Las Vegas. But we are I presented really as always. Things up for you, huh? We are always presented by our friends at Fairway Meat and Grocery. Chris Hassel has his Fairway hat on, on his way. Do you wear that? Is that just your traveling hat now? You just rock the Fairway hat. Yeah, people love it. People stop me in airports all over the place. Wow, that's a sweet hat, man. Do they ask to see your meat? Where's your meat? I said, wait, just wait. Just wait. Have you ever had pork sphincter? It's the first thing I'll say. <laughs> yeah, you know, my co-host, he takes the pork ass <laughs> and he smokes it for like 10 hours and then he makes tacos out of it. Um. Uh, I'm um I'm going on two days without a shower. Oh, why? Wife's gone. Oh. She went to Tampa for a a birthday party, and so I've just been sitting around <laughs> watching basketball all weekend. Sounds and rough. I didn't work out yesterday, so I figured eh, I didn't sweat. I don't need to shower, but I'll shower before I I hit the road today. I fly out. This is we're recording this on Sunday morning. I fly out in just a couple hours, so I'll get a shower in before then, Chris. Got a direct? Nah, I I fly Delta. So I always go through Atlanta because I got the status on Delta. Oh, because you fly so much. Front. Yeah, I'm 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 right up front with the pilots. Just because you fly a lot, that's. Yeah. Are you all right with those? Uh, he- those no, I'm uh, not. Don't even ask. Headphones, there, pal. I got a lot going on here. If you if you are watching this on YouTube, you're gonna see a three year old in the background. Just ignore it. It's not I'm doing kids. my best here. 
doing my best. I've got headphone problems. I've got I got all sorts of stuff going on, but I'll make it work. I'm going to power through this, like just like your Iowa Hawkeyes did Jeez. yesterday. We'll get to that, that. real quick. The fa- so the Super Bowl. You're just doing live shows all week. Is that how it goes? Yeah, I'll be live uh, on CBS Sports Network Monday through Friday at uh, what would it be? Two o'clock Central Time. Two to five Central. We'll be uh, we'll be on the air. Me and uh, Amanda Giata will be doing um, we'll be doing our shows from out there. HQ. Spotlight. Shout out to Amanda. She's a listener of the podcast. Yeah, she really wants on the podcast. Oh, she, she's always she's always wanted to be a guest on the podcast. I told her we we can't have any guests until we get Fran McCaffrey on the show. Yeah, so that's all I could think about yesterday watching that game is how we're going to get Fran on the show. <laughs> I was like, I made a promise to Chris. Now I got to pull through here. Yeah. Good luck. Um, the Super Bowl. Do you like covering it? Yeah, it's, Do you it's like always doing that? different every year. Um, I never really look forward to it because I'm leaving home for a full week, but uh, it, it's it's fun to cover. I mean, and I'm always in the stadium for the game, and um, usually good matchups. Again, we got Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, so that's cool. And Chiefs, and you know, I, I it would have been a lot more exciting for me if Brock Purdy was in there. And I know you too. You probably would have been down there covering that. Yeah, I was. I was planning on it. If if Brock made it, yeah, I was planning on. It. I don't know if I would have like. Honestly, I don't even know how it works. I don't even know if they would have given a guy like me a credential for the game. But a I was guy like you, hack, just a local yokel. No, we're gonna give a dirt track fan a credential to go to the Super Bowl. I don't know about that. Well, for real though, like I was gonna. I think go down there and so Sage is going on Wednesday. You should get in touch with Sage. But What's I was he doing thinking down there? he's always one of those former players that just walks around Radio Row and Okay, gotcha. Yeah, he he does it every we, year. We won't be at Radio Row though. Our set is in a park somewhere. I think it's called Margaret T. Hance Park. It's north of the city. I guess they have they're having some sort of fan fest up there later in the week, so that's where our that's where our HQ set is going to be for the most part until game. Well, that yeah, that's what I was going to do, and really do just a bunch of features on Brock and do stuff <laughs> Radio with his Rose parents. Funny because you get it's, there's always like Jerry Rice will be walking around with a bottle of tequila, just going around doing. Oh yeah, he wants to pimp his tequila. Yeah, yeah. Joe Montana is always around. Everybody always says, "Who's the best quarterback of all time?" And he'll say Otto Graham. Did you know, here's a little um, tidbit for you. A, a, a buddy of mine, I don't know, the Chiefs like lead communications guy, he's the SID type thing, mm-hmm. is an Iowa State guy. He's a buddy of mine. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know if you'll have a run in with him or not, but his name's Brad. If he's if he's great guy. Phenomenal okay. human being. Yeah. Okay. So I was hoping for the 49ers Chiefs and then go down there and... And do a bunch of stuff, but yeah. you know, maybe next. May well, probably won't be next year. Oof. We'll find out about Brock. I, there's really no official word on that. It's just that guy from Dan Patrick's show kind of stirred everybody up, and then yeah, I don't. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Still waiting on that second opinion, I guess. Yeah. 
All right, so let's just – we're going to do a shorter show today. Uh, we are just recapping Iowa and Iowa State, and we kind of want to look ahead. We will do another show later this week. We just don't know exactly where it, when it will be because of Chris's schedule, but we'll we'll let all of you guys know on that. I do have a busy week coming up. I'm doing a show with Sage that's going to completely preview the Super Bowl, do all that mm. stuff. Um, I think that I'm doing one on gambling – I'm betting the Super Bowl with Mike Palm. So that'll be good insight for all of you guys. Of course, Jordan and J-Bo are going to be live uh, having a game watch at Wellman's with our friends from Circa for the Super Bowl. So you can plan on that. But we'll have a really busy week as we are in the heart of college basketball season. We're not going to forget about that as well. Let's start with Iowa. They had the later game. It's fresher on everybody's mind. They really... You know, until about 10 to go, Chris, it was kind of a, I would say, a two to five point deficit consistently, Iowa and Illinois. And boom, it was the Tony Perkins game. Guy takes over. Uh, per- Perkins, Chris Murray really uh, c- combined to have a dominant performance. And then you have the perfect little Peyton Sanford, you know, hitting three th- big threes. Uh, That's a great win for Iowa. One that they. I want to say like it was a must win, but man, if you want to, you, you don't want to drop that home game to Illinois in that way. And bam, they got the job done. Good win for the Hawkeyes. Yeah, and, and Carver was rocking. Finally got that Saturday afternoon game, and you got it against your rival. And I, I, it blows my mind that that Iowa and Illinois don't play each other two times every year. This is their only it's meeting crazy. of the regular season. It's it's Iowa's best basketball rivalry. And you had the the extra stink on it this this year with the uh, the orange crush getting locked out of the building, and you know you had the boys and girls club come on the court in the middle of the game. That was great. It was a huge win, PR wise for for the Iowa athletic department. They did a great job with all that, and then the game was just awesome. I mean, I felt like Illinois had. I think Illinois is a better team. I do. I think if this is on a neutral quarter at Illinois, it's it's a different story. Um, but Iowa just they stayed in it. They kept coming, and boy, they just Perkins. They were just giving him that fifteen foot jump shot, and when he took that, he made it. When he took it to the rim, he got to the free throw line. And I'll tell you where the, where I think this game was lost. Illinois and Brad Underwood even pointed it out in the post-game press conference the end of the first half I'm not sure I've seen a worse minute of basketball from a team with the lead a a somewhat substantial lead Mm -hmm. Illinois was up seven points with 103 to go and they had the ball and over the next minute and three seconds they lose six points hmm it's a one-point game at halftime. They they turn the ball over, up seven. Iowa gets a three-point play. And then Illinois had the ball up four with the shot clock off. And they rushed a shot. They shot it with like 20 seconds left. Yeah. Iowa gets it back. Of course, Murray hits the three going into the half, and that changed everything, I think. And then Iowa came out with a nice little run to start the second half, and they had the lead. 
that right there was the difference in the game. And it was just a dumb, really dumb couple plays by Illinois. Um, but it, as far as Iowa goes, what what I really like about this team is that it can it can always be someone different that steps up for the big game. Sure, Murray's always going to be around. He's always kind of going to get his 20 points yeah. or so. But they've had games where this one was Perkins. The games where Sanford has won it. The games where Rabracha has won it. And I think during this homestand, the three-game homestand this week that they swept, there were three different leading scorers in, in all three games. So, you know, it's not yeah, just... Yeah, it was Murray, it's not just Rabracha, Murray. and Perkins. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that's, um, that's, that's great um, from an Iowa standpoint that they can have different people stepping up on different nights depending on what the other team has given you. And Brad Underwood said it after the game. We we were going to live and die with Tony Perkins beating us. We did not want it to be Chris Murray or anybody else. I mean, Euless and McCaffrey, two starters combined for two points. Yeah, a little insight too for more casual fans. And Chris, I'm sure that you've picked up on this over the years. The good college basketball coaches when they're when they're playing, I mean, they'll pick a guy like that and say, "We're going to let him shoot." They they all do it. All the great ones do it. Um, Iowa State constantly had their people are saying that if Robert Jones is on the court, we're going to let him get the ball on the inside and take our chances. You're seeing it mm-hmm. every game now. Self was begging for it, and I thought that was really interesting that Underwood said that, and credit to Tony Perkins. The thing I like about it when Perkins is playing well for Iowa is it gives him another dimension, right? Like, he's so good at getting inside of the lane and getting to the foul line. He goes 15 of 16 from the free throw line yesterday, and it's just, he's such a good slasher like that, and um, I, you know, he's always kind of been my key to this season for Iowa. Do I? Ex- I'm not going to expect 32 points every time out but man if he can does feel like he's ascending though at the right time again I don't know what his like expectation is it's not like Chris where you know you're gonna get 15 to 20 but if he can just keep that level of consistency up Iowa I don't think this is a second weekend NCAA tournament team by any means, but you're gonna have. My point is, you're gonna have to have a guy like that if you want to accomplish that. Yeah, this year, and it was good to see him do that in such a big game. And I don't think he had ever. Man, I think one time he had scored over 20 points, and that was that was that a career high Maryland yeah. game. It was 22 points. He had never scored more than 22 points. He went for 32, and where it came off the rails for Illinois and their plan to allow Perkins to be the guy. If he's going to be the guy, then tip your cap. Where it came off the rails was that they, they put him to the line too many times. Yeah. I mean, just way too many fouls. The and, officiating's and, so bad in college basketball. What did you think of uh, of the way that game was called yesterday in Iowa City? I, I hated it, and I hated the way the game in Ames was called, too. Like, it just... So... I, I, I tweeted at halftime, and I'm not right very often. I nailed it. This Iowa State, yeah. <laughs> Iowa State picked up its third team foul with like three minutes and 45 seconds to go in the first half yesterday, which is stupid because that game was a fist fight. 
Like, there are guys flying all over the place. Mm -hmm. Like, it was stupid. Like, they had clearly fouled more than that, right? But they didn't call anything. Kansas only had, like, seven fouls in the first half. Yeah, Frischilla in the first half was like, they got to start calling fouls or else this game's going to get out of control. It was the most predictable thing ever that these refs were going to come out in the second half and call everything. Kansas is in the bonus it like the thirteen forty one mark, and, and it it's not exactly a different what game. happened in Iowa City. Yeah, it, like, it's Illinois so didn't have any fouls dumb. In the first half, and then all of a sudden, both teams are in the double bonus early yeah. on in the second half. It's just a free throw fest in the second half, and Iowa was the beneficiary of that. Good for them, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, and, and it, it went both ways. Uh, I mean, Iowa got to the line more. Iowa won that game at the free throw line because they. They made their free throws, and Illinois wasn't didn't get to the line as much, and wasn't as good at the line. Iowa finished twenty six of thirty at the line. Perkins fifteen of sixteen himself. But the, the game was great. My my only gripe was that there the, there were too many fouls called, um, and mostly in the second half, and too many trips to the line. Too many stoppages in play. The game lasted two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. That's insane for a game that doesn't go to overtime to last that long. And I, so I, I, I tweeted that out and said that was the one thing I didn't really love about this game. It was a great game, but forty plus fouls, fifty plus free throws, two and a half hour game, and I got a lot of responses from people that thought the game was perfectly officiated. They want to see that many fouls in a college basketball game? They're Yes. Well, they're claiming that it was just so physical the whole game that you had to call all these fouls. And I, I don't buy that. I mean, I, I think that there needed to be a lot of fouls called. How about 30 fouls called instead of 42? You yeah. know? I, no, I get it. And, it, and it, again, it's it wasn't like it it was all on one side of the court. Iowa attempted 30 free throws. Illinois attempted 23 free throws. I mean, actually, the fouls were almost dead even. Uh, yeah. Illinois called for more 22 to 21. 22 to 21. Yeah. So 43 yeah. total fouls, and it was pretty much even. Some people took that as like it was a slight on Iowa's win. <laughs> it had nothing to do with one side or the other. Just from a game watching standpoint, I, I thought that in that second half, Particularly, the officials took too much control of that game and didn't allow. I mean, it's the Big Ten, and there are a lot of people now that will argue that that has been to the Big Ten's detriment. It's it's been so physical for so long. Mm-hmm. You you have games called differently in the regular season, and then when they get into the tournament, it's called more tight, and that lends itself to players getting in foul trouble and the Big Ten goes out early because they're not used to a game being officiated that tightly. But I, I just, it was a physical game, but 43 fouls, I don't know. I, it, it, it was a bit much for me. Can I, I, want, I really want to clarify something for fans too. They, I don't think a lot of fans understand this, that in college basketball, the conferences don't have officials. Right. I get this from Iowa State fans all the time. It's not Big 12 officials mm-hmm. in college basketball. Like these guys here, they could be in the Mountain West tomorrow or um, in the Big 10 
last night and they're in the Big 12 today. I think people get that confused with football. Yeah, it's totally different. A lot of these guys, yeah. uh, I can't remember who it was, but uh, one of the national writers put out a schedule last week of a guy that called a game every single night of of the week. Wasn't and it Higgins? Games all over. It might have been Higgins, yeah. Yeah. Because he's so in demand. And officiating is good. Officiating is so hard to come by that these teams want him, and so he's just every day he's waking up in a new place and call officiating another game, and that's tough. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about getting drained? Yeah, it's amazing that we don't have more like the refs couldn't get here because of weather. Or miss flight, you know what uh, I mean? Because there's teams about that? that have that, but refs, yeah, and maybe they always have somebody in the area they can come in and sub in, and you don't notice it. But yeah, that's a good point. Well, Iowa with the big win, <clears throat> Iowa State. Um, Ollie Crow. I mean, I I wasn't super confident that Kansas would go in there and win, but I certainly didn't like the trajectory I was watching from Iowa State. Certainly looked like Kansas was ascending after its recent two-game winning streak, and that wasn't a game. Uh, Fifty-three was points, kicking. yeah, fifty-three points. It was some sort of a record for Kansas, like a low scoring in the Big Twelve era. There was something like that. They had twenty turnovers. Uh, it was really telling to people who were there up close that Bill Self, really for the last five minutes of that game, was just sitting, just letting the time tick off, like he wasn't really doing much coaching. He was just letting his guys figure it out. Um, Iowa State just dominated. Uh, It was really – they got up like seven early in that game and never looked back. It never felt like a competitive basketball game. And I I knew Iowa State would kick out from the last two games. I just didn't know when, right? I thought that this could be one of those stretches where – because – Really, you're going to West Virginia now. Huggins called out his team. They won by like 50 last night against Oklahoma or whatever it was. That's going to be a tough game. This game was so key to be able to get this, to not have one of those long stretches, right? Um, and I, I was really impressed by this team. They greatly overachieved what I thought they would yesterday. And I liked it, Chris, because they did what they – they got back to really good defense. And – that's the formula here. Not, oh, uh, we got to hit 15 threes. That's not how Iowa State's going to win in the NCAA tournament. And they were, they looked like the best defensive team in the country yesterday. So mm-hmm. props to them. When we did the show on Thursday, I was I was right there with you. I said I thought Kansas would win. And for whatever reason, as we got closer to the game, I started thinking about, boy, these guys have had to sit on that collapse all week long and thinking about what the practices must have been like for Mm. TJ because they had an extra few days to sit on that because it was a Monday game. And I felt good about their chances when I woke up on Saturday knowing that the students camping out, they're going to be there, everybody's going to be in gold, the place is going to be going nuts. I I had a much better feeling once the game 
was about to tip off than I did the days prior, but I did not expect that. And when <laughs> in the first minute of the game, when Taman Lipsy throws oh. a ball into the second row of the stands, oh, yeah. I'm thinking, oh my God, he still has the yips. Yep. And after that, he was he was awesome, perfect. I mean, what a bounce back game for him! Ten assists, eight rebounds, three steals, two points in a or one point and two rebounds away from a triple double. Wow! Oh, and, and against Kansas too, when he he had to know everybody was going to be looking at him, watching him. How is he going to respond? Kansas is going to be keying on him. That's the guy. We he's rattled. We got to rattle him early. And he might crumble. Mm. What a game. Yeah, and then another guy I feel like somehow I feel like Jaron Holmes isn't getting (laughs) (laughs) enough recognition. So I don't know if you saw his press conference yesterday, uh, Jared Stansbury. So Jaron didn't score. He was 0 for 4 in the first half. And I I texted Jared during the game, and I'm like, it just feels like Jaron always comes out in the second half and, like, turns it on. And, and Jared um, astutely starts writing this, like, working on this and, like, doing all the research and stuff, and it's true. And Jared goes, what is your – what's the difference between you in the first and second half? And Jaron goes, oh, I went in the bathroom and puked. <laughs> Puke and rally. But, like, it – any time this year, if you go back to these big wins, when the team hits the stretch, not an elite offensive team, although the numbers would say they are now, for what it's worth, in conference play, Iowa State's the number one defense in the Big 12, number two offense. So I, I guess I should stop saying that because when it's mattered, they have been a really good offensive team. But Holmes... Because there was that stretch yesterday. Kansas, I think, pulled within like five. Like in it, you started to think, oh, here come the Jayhawks. They're going to make this a game. Holmes goes four for four from three. Hmm. And really just bullies his way to these points. And I don't know, like he, to me, he's kind of like your Chris Murray, where it's just you know what you're going to get. I don't necessarily know what I'm going to get from Caleb Grill every night. You know, he hits eight threes against Tech. He goes one of seven yesterday. Kalsher's kind of the same. I, I mean, I feel like I know what I'm getting defensively from him. He has eight points. He had a really good game, but did a lot of other things well. Oshuni's the same way. He'll have 15, and then the next game he'll have six. Holmes is the guy. Like, But it feels like we've come to kind of expect it, so we don't talk about him as much. And when, yeah, if he can be out there and hit some threes, that changes some things too, because they don't have to guard Lipsy out behind the arc. That's the one thing he's got to work on is finding a yeah. jump shot. Even no doubt about that. Take it that much. You got to, you got to show that you can make a shot from 15 plus feet away because they're like you said, with uh, Jones inside, it's the same for Lipsy outside. I mean, it, it, they sag off him and they don't, they don't worry about his shot. But when, <laughs> If he can get to the cup, kind of like a Tony Perkins, it it doesn't matter as much. I, I thought Oshuniyi in that the first five, ten minutes of the game was really important because they were letting him go one-on-one 
and he was winning those battles. I mean, it was not it was not a fair battle inside when Oshuni got it. Kansas didn't have anybody that could they could go toe to toe with him, and that was a big win early in the game. But bottom line, defense. You're right, no doubt. Forced twenty turnovers. You're plus ten in turnover margin. I'd and never seen a layup stat as crazy as that. It was like twenty to two. Iowa State had twenty layups in the game. Kansas, I think, had two. It was crazy. Like it just showed you the defensive differential. Let's look at the Big Twelve real quick because this has gotten really interesting. I don't know if I would tab Kansas as the favorite anymore, Chris. No, I I don't think so. I don't. I think it's pretty clear that they don't have the best roster, maybe not the second or the third best. And I think it's Texas had a really impressive win yesterday yep. at Kansas State. So Texas has a game lead on Iowa State, and then it's TCU, Kansas State, Baylor, Kansas, all tied at six and four. I, I think I would take. Boy, I would take TCU and Baylor for sure over Kansas right now. Yeah, they there's something that that's missing on that team, and I well, I will say Wilson's I think the best player I've seen in person all season. Mm-hmm. He's unbelievable. Like he's he's out of control. Good. The Big Ten standings are really interesting too. Now you have Purdue, and that's Iowa's next opponent at the top of the league. They lost yesterday. Uh, in a rivalry game at Indiana on the road. That was an awesome atmosphere. Yeah. Really, really and they, good basketball Purdue was game. an underdog, even as a number mm-hmm. one team. I think they, I think Indiana was favored by a point or two. But then you have just a total log jam. Yeah. I mean, Who's this is... the second best team in the conference? <laughs> so, uh, for those who... Uh, here's your, like, two through ten, okay? Or two through eleven, that would be. You have Rutgers, eight and four. Iowa... Maryland, Indiana, and Illinois are all seven and five. At the time of us recording this, it's Sunday morning, so there's going to be some things change. But you have Michigan, Northwestern, Michigan State at six and five, and then Wisconsin and Penn State at five and six. So it's really like I, I don't know who do you think is the second best team in that I, league? I think it's Indiana at this point, and not yeah. just because they they won that game yesterday. I think that they they have ascended. I mean, they're they're actually, as of Sunday, the only other ranked team in the Big Ten. Now, the Big Ten has a, a bunch of teams that are going to get in the tournament, but not not ranked teams. Iowa might be on the edge of the uh, AP poll when the new one comes out on Monday. The way Iowa's playing right now, they look great, but it's it's mostly at home. I mean, the, the only road win I can think of in this stretch and in the Big Ten is the, the game at Rutgers, which was really, really good. That's a really good win. And I don't know. I would put Indiana as the second best team in the Big Ten, and then I would, gosh, I'd probably go. I'd probably go Illinois, even I though too. Iowa just beat them. I I would put Illinois just ahead of Iowa. So to give Maybe Iowa give Rutgers enough credit, because I, I I think that I think that Iowa's better. I, Iowa's proven that it's better than I Rutgers, at least they're head better to head. than Rutgers. Iowa 
as far as quad one victories go with the new net ranking. So Iowa State moved up three spots from 15 to 12 yesterday. Iowa moved from 34 to 33, and that damn Eastern Illinois game continues to drag down Iowa's metrics. Did you see what happened in the Eastern Illinois game over the weekend? What, that guy, like, punched a fan or something? Like, what did he do? Yeah, some Eastern Illinois player, I can't can't remember where they were playing, just went and just slapped a fan across the face. Like, (laughs) it wasn't like an old lady sitting courtside, but it was... (laughs) It was like I think it looked like a young man who's probably I don't know in his twenties, and just just was the guy talking him. to him? Uh, clearly, but he just smacked him, and it didn't even look like the guy got kicked out of the game. I, I don't know what the fallout's going to be, but that's Eastern Illinois. It's the second week in, the in a row. These low major teams. You got the Uber Eats guy oh, walking God. onto the floor. What's going on at these low major arenas these days? Anything goes. Uh, so the net rankings again: Iowa thirty-four to thirty-three, Iowa State fifteen to twelve. Uh, the the Hawks actually, Iowa and Iowa State are both tied with seven quad one wins. Wow, which I wouldn't have pegged Iowa to have that many. I yesterday was right on the bubble. Um, as far as what it was going to be because it was a home game. But I think that the NCAA counted it as quad one. Ken Palm actually had Illinois as quad two. It's so weird how that works because, like, when Iowa State beat Kansas State, who was the number five team in the country, that was considered quad two by Ken Palm, quad one by the NCAA. It's just Hmm. these metrics are all weird. Right. But, yeah, so you have Kansas has nine quad one wins. Which that's why Iowa State jumped three, by the way, because they won that game by fifteen. Points matter in this ranking. So if Iowa State would have won that game by a point, I don't think they would have jumped three spots. Um, Purdue has nine quad one wins. Texas has eight, and then you have Iowa State, Baylor, and Iowa. Wow. With and Xavier out of the Big East, all with seven quad one wins. So Iowa's in great shape. Yeah. But and, and it's that stupid to, Eastern Illinois game is that brings bringing down, down their net. metric. But it's important to note that when it comes to the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee, they don't care about what your net ranking is. All they care about is the net rankings of your opponents, your quad one wins, your quad four losses. That That's mm-hmm. all they care about. So, so yeah, they'll look at, oh, God, they lost to Eastern Illinois – and they're down in the 300s, and it's a quad four loss. But they're not necessarily going to seed you based on your your net ranking. It's For what about I yeah, the net ranking they, of your opponents. They care more about who you've beaten than who you've lost to. Yes. That, so yes. that's a good – the other example here is TCU because they had a quad four loss at home early in the year just like Iowa did. Mm-hmm. And TCU is 5-5 five and five against quad one, 4-0 against quad two. But they're at 17, and that quad four loss is brought down. So they're a very similar profile to Iowa when it comes to that. Iowa has been so good on the offensive end after that 0-3 start in the Big Ten. Does it worry you that they need 80 points to win games? Absolutely. I think they only have three wins this year when they don't reach 80. in fact, I was doing this research last night. Let me pull it up. Um, if you go conference games only, okay, mm-hmm. Iowa 
is the second worst defense in the Big Ten. So this is just Big Ten games, wiping everything else out. They are the worst defense in the Big Ten when it comes to opponents' field goal percentage. And they're giving up the most offensive rebounds in the Big Ten as well. So I, it has to be a concern. It reminds me so much of the Hoiberg years covering those teams where you know that you can go off and score 90, but you also know that you can't stop anybody. <laughs> the, the reason why it's worked out for Iowa to this point is that they're offsetting that by making three-pointers and getting to the free-throw line more than their opponents. That, that, that's that been a huge key. They, they have, I believe the stat that they said on the broadcast yesterday was Iowa has made more free throws than their opponents have attempted. And again, yesterday, free throw line was the difference. Not only did they get to the line, they're making their free throws. And they've been shooting the three at an incredible clip. So that that's that's great. Like you can you can afford to give up seventy points, but you've gotta always be on. You gotta always have somebody that's gonna get you over the top to eighty points. And it's kind of scary when you know that down the road you're gonna be not gonna be playing at Carver, you're gonna be playing neutral site games and are you gonna be able to get there? Are you gonna be able to get to eighty points on a you know, on a consistent basis again? They keep playing great defensive teams. Illinois, great defensive team. And they still get there. Rutgers, great defensive team, and they still get there. So, it, is this the toughest stretch of the schedule for Iowa coming up? Let me read it to you. Purdue on the road. You're going to be a nine, ten point underdog yeah, in that I one. I don't expect them to. Especially Purdue coming off that that loss too. They're yeah. pissed off. So Minnesota's terrible. Oh God! One of the worst Big Ten teams we've seen. And they were a ten point home underdog to Maryland last night, and and. I looked at the score. They were down by like 35. Minnesota, they, they, this I is so hard. By 35. They are ranked 283rd in offense. Jeez. For a high major team, that's well, hard. I should totally, totally run them. So you should win that. So Ohio State has lost eight of nine. The one team they beat was Iowa. Yeah. But it's, but so, it's in Iowa City. Correct. You'll be favored in that one, but I still like, it's like, Stay tuned. Then you have to go mm-hmm. to Northwestern, at Wisconsin, Michigan State at home, and at Indiana. That's the next stretch for Iowa. That's a tough stretch. We're gonna, uh, you know, we'll learn a lot more about Iowa. They've they've got a really important stretch coming up here, February 9th through February twenty eighth. Yeah, what it, we know about Iowa is that they are really, really hard to beat at home. They don't mm-hmm. lose at home. But on the road, I mean, they just lost those back-to-back games at Ohio State, at Michigan State. They lost it at Nebraska. They lost at Penn State. So can they can they channel what they did at Rutgers earlier this season and steal one or two of these road games? If you can do that, if you can steal a couple road games here down the stretch, you might end up finishing in the top two or three of the Big Ten. Which they got amazing. a shot. Amazing. It's going to be a fun stretch. I can't wait. After I love an this time of year. Start. Yeah, it, th- that was an incredible day of basketball. And yeah. you had Iowa State, Iowa back to back. I know you were at Hilton, but 
I was so impressed by the atmosphere at Carver and, and how those fans showed up and showed out. That that place was rocking in the second half when Iowa finally got over the hump and took that lead. And I can't I can't remember a time where Carver has been that lively on TV, albeit in recent memory. Now I'm sure it was a it was a great atmosphere for the Iowa State game. I don't know that 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 game could have risen to the level of yesterday's game, and that was again that was neat. But it was just a bad game, so like it's hard, right? And, and that's yeah. and that's that was my point. On uh, I, I tweeted that um, I was actually I, I thought that the, it was more of a powder keg inside Carver than it was at Hilton, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that Iowa State just kicked the shit out of Kansas. Yeah. It wasn't a game in the second half. Fans didn't need to be lit up that whole time, whereas the Iowa game was back and forth the whole time, and you have that extra, you know, that extra rivalry aspect of it with the Orange Crush. And but but even to be on that level, I'm not saying Carver is better than Hilton. I'm not saying that it's going to be that way the rest of the year because it's not. You know what you're going to get from Hilton. That place, that's three straight games where it's just been an amazing atmosphere. Three straight top 10 wins at Hilton. Yeah. Hilton yesterday. It was nice to see what Carver can be when you get the stars to align. Hilton yesterday was like a party in the second half. Mm -hmm. There wasn't that tension. (laughs) You You texted me during the Juicy Wiggle that you just saw some drunk lady piss herself dancing. (laughs) They just go crazy when that song comes on. Like it, it is, it's unbelievable. They just lose their minds. Everybody, you got geriatrics in the corner dancing. You got the student section. They're doing backflips. It's in, was, now like the dancers, like the team cheerleaders. They're yeah. doing the like dance thing, the juicy wiggle like dance. Everybody's involved in this thing now. So I was not home again until Thursday, February 16th. They only have three home games left. You know what? It, my dad said this to me. We were watching. I met my dad at a bar and we because then we went to the women's game, the Iowa State Baylor mm-hmm. game last night. And we were watching the Iowa game and he goes, feels like every time I turn on an Iowa game, they're at home. They've had a lot of yeah. home games. So yeah, they got a, the schedule kind of flips on them here. It's five of their last seven games have been at home. Yeah. And yeah, now it's four of their next five on the road. And that only home game is a Thursday night at nine. Uh Uh-oh. A little too late. Well, it's nine Eastern. Sorry. (laughs) Well, at least it's a Thursday. But then they they, they do get another uh, Saturday home game against... I don't understand it. Iowa City's great. Like, if I was an Iowa fan, I'd just go sit at the Vine. I'd go to the Vine at, like, 5, get some Mm -hmm. wings, just get drunk, have somebody drive me up to Carver, drop me off at the front door, let's get after it, let's yell. Like, I don't get it. The students have to buy in, and they they did yesterday. They were there. Hopefully they had fun, and they're like, oh, basketball's a good sport. But, yeah, come back. Like, don't just... (laughs) Only show up for a game or two a year. Keep keep coming back for more. It's a fun team to watch. I don't know this for a fact. I think Iowa State's sold out the rest of the year. I'm guessing that there's some available for Oklahoma on a... Well, that's a Saturday. That'll get sold out. 
But I know that they're sold out next Saturday night against Oklahoma State, and TCU is going to be sold out. Uh, and then, yeah, they Iowa State. Like I don't think they'll beat West Virginia. They I don't either. Worst, West Virginia is going to be favored in that game by a few. Yes, significantly favored. They may be a five point favorite in that one. They'll, I think they'll lose that. Um, but then home games, which they've proven to be really tough at home. Obviously, you get Oklahoma State, TCU. And then you have a tough, tough two-game road trip at Kansas State, at Texas. Oh, God. Put some hair on your chest for that one. Wow. It's going to be a fun fun end of February for for both squads. And then you have Drake. Uh, Let's go to the Valley for one minute here. Did you watch that game last night? I I didn't, but I've seen that they've had two double overtime. I watched the UNI game back. I went back and watched that one from earlier in the week. I watched the Drake game last night because uh, I saw that they were down in the second half at Valpo. And it was an ESPN Plus broadcast. And it was the the Valpo play-by-play guy was calling the game on ESPN Plus. It was Like the radio feed? Yes. Well, I don't know if it was... I don't know if it was radio and TV, but the guy that was calling the game on ESPN Plus is the voice of the apparently they're not the crusaders anymore that that i guess that name got canceled they're now called the beacons oh okay were you aware of this no i i so if it's not drake or northern iowa i don't know a lot of valley like i so it it, it, that the broadcast had everything it was hilarious (laughs) because this this announcer he was like five two he was, and you could see him because they were on the opposite side of the court. He was, he was right behind Darren DeVries, who kind of walks up and down the sideline. Well, this guy is so short, he, he was standing on press row calling the game. He was oh. standing up, and he still couldn't, couldn't see the game. But he's a big Valpo guy, and then they had the, the, the student sections all drunk. They've got these <laughs> guys wearing Speedos lining the first row. Just nothing but like a flesh-colored Speedo. And Drake <laughs> comes back, forces overtime, and then eventually wins it in double overtime. And now it's a three-way tie atop the Valley. Yeah. Drake, Belmont, Bradley. Drake didn't really have the non-con that it wanted, but it feels like they're settling in as the best team in the Valley right now. I mean, it kind of feels Br- like they're... Bradley will have an argument. They, they just went into Northern Iowa. That's they, true. They beat Good the Panthers point. last night handily. Uh, real quick shout out to my guy Steve Prome took one on the chin last night. Ooh, forty three point loss by Murray State. Is to... Steve Prome your guy? I was just saying that. <laughs> but they uh ninety nine fifty six. They lost at Indiana State. Yeah. Jeez, and now now they got Drake next. Murray yeah, State's Drake and Bradley. That's their next stretch. They got to oh, go boy. to Bradley after Drake. On Tuesday. Wow. Tough one there mm-hmm. for uh, Coach Pro. Yeah, All right, we'll get off. Take, taking a few lumps here in, uh, in Valley play. They, they kind of owned the OVC along with Belmont. It's tough. Six in the Valley. Tough to switch it's leagues, man. Up. Yeah. It is tough. Up. People do not understand that. when. Yeah, look at Loyola in the A-10 this year. Loyola, Chicago. They came into the Valley and just owned it. In the A-10, they are last place by themselves, 2-8. and eight. 
Well, it's another thing, too, that I have to keep telling myself. Like, I look at Iowa State's football schedule that came out this week, and I'm like, oh, that's brutal. You got to go to Cincinnati, to BYU, and, and it is tough, but it's like TCU didn't become good in the Big 12 for like 10 years. So it's like, you know. Yeah. Let's, let's see a, how teams like UCF hold up when they have to play. Central Florida University? Yeah. <laughs> I was the one that broke the news to you that that they hate it if you call them Central Florida. Now I'm going to keep and, doing it. And now it. you're using that. <laughs> I'm just going to keep pounding that. I don't know really what happened. Apparently Cyclone Larry on the Twitter uh, declared yeah, he, war. He riled people up over there in uh, Orlando. Yeah. Uh, have fun at the Super Bowl. I'm I'm right. jealous. I know it's a lot of work. I Someday I want to I want to do that. I'll just be your intern. Just walk around like carrying right. your microphone. I'd Sounds love to great. do that. We, it almost uh, happened this year. Almost. It brought uh, that close. Mm-hmm. That close. Uh, appreciate you, man. We'll 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 figure out when we're going to do the show and let everybody know later in the week. But he is Chris Hassel. Thanks to Fairway Meat and Grocery for sponsoring the program. As always, don't forget. I just saw my friend Jeff Benson from Circa putting up a bunch of fun props for the Super Bowl on the Circa Iowa Sports app. And uh, go and check that out for Super Bowl Sunday coming up later this week. He's Chris Hassel. I'm Chris Williams. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening on the Iowa Everywhere Podcast Network. Iowa everywhere.